Hi, welcome to FedScoop Radio brought to you by Nutanix. I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Today I'm chatting with Chris Howard, VP of Federal for Nutanix. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. It's great that you could take a couple minutes to chat with us. Last time we had you on the program, uh, the discussion was a little bit about hyperconverged infrastructure, but today we wanted to evolve that talk a bit to focus more on how federal agencies host workloads in the enterprise cloud, and frankly, how not all applications might be the right fit for the public cloud. Um, we hear you guys have done a bunch of research on this recently, and we'll dive into that in a few. But um, first, let's start off with uh, that we hear so often from federal CIOs that they want to move their enterprises to the cloud to get out of the business of storage or operating back office functions, per se. But is it that simple of a decision um, from what you guys do every day? Uh, do you, how, what do you see? Is the cloud a silver bullet solution? Um, I would say no, but it depends. As with everything, it depends. And in this case, it depends on what are the customer or government's goals, their mission, uh, what resources do they have available to them. I think what we're looking at is that um, most federal agencies, and especially at like the CIO level, they think that the cloud um, gives them the opportunity to not manage the infrastructure and to save a lot of costs and save a lot of resources and do things better chapter better, cheaper, and faster. But what most federal agencies um, have an issue with is they work within significant budgetary limitations. So they don't have an endless budget to go out and, and procure or manage or pay as a service for these types of things. And at the same time, they always have to have uh, security and, and the, the capability to provide um, security around specific uh, sensitive data. So that provides them with a lot of challenges. And a lot of the workloads that the government supports today are, are way off from being able to be supported in a public cloud environment. So let's look at costs as one type of example of a challenge that they face. We, we say this to our customers all the time. If you have a predictable workload that you know how much resource consumption and it's on 24 hours a day, that is a better workload to run into your private infrastructure. So things like email, collaboration, et cetera, are, are, are better suited for the private cloud because they will be cheaper to manage over the long term. With mm -hmm. unpredictable workloads, like take, for instance, um, tax season during the IRS or anyone that has a financial application that runs um, at the end of a month where you have a, a huge spike in resource requirements, those are extremely good and cost-effective tools and, and applications to run in the public cloud. But we're noticing that there's a, there's a mix for both, and that's why we're going to see lots more hybrid cloud um, requirements come up where you can, you can run some stuff in the public cloud, run st stuff in the private, and you have this good mix of hybrid cloud applications um, where you can even eventually get to the point where you say, you know what, today or this month it's cheaper for me to run in the public cloud. But I know for a fact, based on my infrastructure and my requirements, that it's cheaper for me to run in my private cloud during these time periods. So that's what I think everyone's trying to get to. And, and one example that we always use, which is kind of pretty interesting, it's like a hotel. You stay in a hotel for a very finite period of time. Um, but if you decided to live in a hotel, it would be exponentially more expensive for you to do that on a monthly basis just from a bill because the hotel provides a lot of services. That you, that you just don't uh, think about having in your own, in your own house. So um, the cloud is similar to that type of analogy. Yeah. 
And, and Chris, so I hear you guys recently surveyed federal IT professionals involved with their agencies, moved to the cloud. Um, I saw a lot of great things in the data that you came back from that, but uh, that, that cost was the thing that jumped out to me, that many people don't really see public cloud re- reducing their IT costs, and that those who use more of a hybrid approach will look to move more of their portfolio to the private cloud in the future. So what what were your big findings from that study, if you can uh, delve into that a little bit, um, and where, if you can tell us where you think the market is going at this point? Yeah, and, it's, and we did get some great insights from that study, uh, which I believe will be published uh, sometime in, towards the end of May. But one of the interesting data points, or at least the first interesting data point, it showed that, that what agencies are putting into the cloud are their most uh, predictable and most expensive uh, applications. You know, these are the applications that are always on, always running, um, as I mentioned before, like email and collaboration. Um, so it's, it's, it's not surprising that a lot of government agencies are, are seeing that the cost for maintaining those applications in the public cloud is just um, kind of out of their reach because there are no real cost savings. Um, one, one or two interesting points that the, the study showed was that, um, you know, based on a lot of different respondents, the ones that had moved a lot of workloads into the public cloud, they actually responded at a pretty high rate that they're going to be moving a lot of those applications um, either to a hybrid cloud solution or even back into their private cloud, which was somewhat interesting. So, you know, yeah. you would think that the people that have the most experience with it would see the benefit more than they are, but they're not. They want to move out, and it was the exact inverse the respondents that hadn't moved a lot of their applications into the public cloud, so that are util- today they're utilizing their on-prem um, cloud or even a hybrid cloud solution, they said that they wanted to move more to the public cloud. So it's kind of um, interesting that the ones that are already there, more than more times than not, want to move out, and the ones that aren't there want to move in. So it's kind of an interesting <laughs> way to look at the yeah. data. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But that was. I think those were the two biggest uh, data points. But as I said, it's a comprehensive report that will be available in May for everyone to, to review. Great. And and it's, it's hard to put a rule on, on every situ- scenario, but it, are there certain workloads or applications that you guys see that are best to fit in the public cloud and then vice versa to fit in the private cloud? Is there a one-off rule or is it, it kind of a case-by-case basis? Um, I mean, I think it's not exactly a one-off rule, but I think what we've noticed and what we've seen from real-world experience is that the public cloud is excellent as a resource to support uh, intense but very finite applications. Think of first responders or think of maybe some big data workload where um, over the next 30 days they have to analyze like large, large chunks of data. Those are absolutely perfect um, for the public cloud because – it allows you to, to scale out at a moment's notice, use what you need from a resource perspective, and then shut it down, and then you only pay for what you're using. So if it's a 30-day, a 10-day, or, or whatever. Um, but um, the ones that we've noticed that are best for the private cloud are the static workloads. Uh, I know I've mentioned email collaboration and certain other things, um, customer-facing uh, um, websites and that, but... Uh, but that's kind of what we think or what we've seen from the, from the data is that intense applications with a very finite period, better for the public cloud. Predictable workloads, ones that you know the resource allocation, and one that, ones that you, you know exactly what you need from a resource perspective, those are always going to be better um, in your private cloud. 
Yeah. And and Chris, just to wrap up, we talked about a lot in just a few minutes, but if, if, if there's a way you can narrow this all down to a quick takeaway or digestible lesson for CIOs, um, what would it be from, from this focus on the enterprise cloud and the private versus public? What would you give them? Well, I'd probably first tell them that cost savings are possible in the public cloud. So I don't want to make it seem like that's not a, a reality that we can all see in the, in the future or even today. But there are strong uh, data points that back the private cloud that show for certain types of workloads. So I think what you have to do is, is you, you have to try to look at each individual workload and optimize that workload to leverage both the public and the private cloud based on, based on what that resource uh, requirement as, uh, is at that time. I mean, moving to the cloud is not um, a goal, but making the cloud serve your needs um, for continuity of operations, disaster recovery, there are cost savings available in the public cloud. So I think those should be the goals of federal CIOs is to figure out what is the right mix, what's the right balance, what applications work better for me in the public cloud versus the ones that I know I can maintain and support better, not only from a cost perspective but security as well in my private cloud. Um, I know that's a tough challenge, but that is the way you have to look at it. it, it it's not everything should go to the cloud because in the long run that's going to be exponentially more expensive, and you're going to sacrifice some of the key things that you want around security and, and having ownership of your own data. Great. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining us today, Chris. It's been a pleasure chatting and hearing all the insights on the the uh, exploration into the enterprise cloud. And uh, we, we look forward to seeing more results from that survey later in May. But uh, for now, I just want to say thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.